Hi there, it's Jules OC. Jules double underscore OC on Instagram or Jules Fit OC on Twitter. I'm checking in today to talk about struggles, hardships, setbacks, trauma, things that everyone goes through in life. The older we get, the more of them we have probably, hopefully not so much. I don't talk about the struggles very much, but it's important. A lot of people don't know how much or where I've come from as far as that perspective goes because I don't bring it up very much. I don't think it's that important, but I guess it is. I just really like focusing on who I am now, where I'm going, and how I'm developing my strengths and where I want to be in the journey from here to there. And the journey is really where it's all at. It has to be enjoyable. So I don't feel like identifying with my traumas and talking about it all the time does anyone any good except for that it's important to share it because other people think they they might see me they might see everything that they I think I have and think it comes easily and it doesn't I've worked hard for it I've worked hard developing strengths I've suffered I've been it's been a lonely road so everybody has strengths everybody has weaknesses everyone has setbacks um Having a setback club is not what I wanted to do because I didn't think it was a good idea for my brain. I didn't think it was a good idea to stay stuck and invite people to stay stuck with me. That's not what I want to do. But I do want people to realize that no matter what, whether someone had a really quite easy life, didn't have a lot of struggles, maybe were financially set, parents took care of them, they still struggle because of that. There's going to be difficulties in the real world that they might face because they didn't have a lot of setbacks and they didn't get inoculated. They didn't get prepared for the real world because it was too easy. So that's possible too. But on my Instagram, for about the last seven years, it's been a storyboard kind of. It's been my place where I collect pictures and my authentic life. Um, one thing I don't like is fake. As far as myself goes. So if, if I find, um, I find that I'm my best self when I'm my real self. And that's where I want to connect with people. That's where I've always liked connecting with people. So the Instagram has been my blog. I've had my journaling there. I've written poetry there. I've gone through breakups on there and you can tell when it happens. I don't overtly talk about it, but things get kind of dark and pictures change and there's introspection and it's very interesting. So I never had an official blog, an official website. Instagram's kind of been where it's at, but it's been really real and it's been all of those things in one. And now technology is helping me so that I can branch out and connect with more people and share a story. But I want to talk about what I've overcome in about 30 seconds because I don't need to spend that much time on it and I'll see you on the other side. So nothing has come easy to me. As far as what I have now, let's say for my age, 47 going on 48, I'm fit, I have vitality, I'm healthy, but those things disappear really fast and I slide backwards so quickly if I am not vigilant, if I don't show up for myself, if I stop thinking it matters. Within a week, two weeks, I don't look the same. I don't like it and I also don't feel the same. So I work very hard for what I have. My genetics is in Michigan obesity. It's not good what happens over there on that side of the country as far as my family goes. And I, I struggle hard. My body type isn't an ectomorph. It's a body type that puts on fat quickly. It wants to store. I mean, all we're dealing with is biology here. Everyone has different body types, different combinations of body types. Mine does not um, enjoy being really fit and muscular and lean. It, it goes the other way. So I work hard for that. Um, 
in the past, when I was younger, uh, four, five, six, I was molested by an uncle a lot. Um, that did its damage. I received physical abuse from, um, I don't want to make parents sound bad. I've, I've healed relationships, so they're not like this anymore, but throat against walls, belts, bruises, paddles, going to first grade and going to the bathroom and not sitting down and looking down and seeing bruise marks from brushes. So as a child, major trauma, divorce at three. I mean, I don't think the home life was that good either. Um, I suffered from eating disorders, bulimia, overeating. I was 30 pounds heavier at five foot three, all fat in college. I would go, I was suffering, just overeating, nonstop eating compulsions. I'd go to Overeaters Anonymous meetings. I'd go sometimes twice a day with obese people. It was a dark and lonely time. I saw Prozac get invented back in the day. And I was like, I need that. I would eat two boxes of cereal and fall asleep because I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stop. And I got that. But with that comes problems too. It gives us brain fog. You know, we're not meant to, I think the main ingredient in Prozac is fluoride. It's a poison. It's a, like a class one poison now. So that destructive relationships, narcissistic people that I'm attracted to is, is a pattern. So learning our patterns is really important, but these are setbacks that I had and they're not little. And if they've taken a lifetime of therapy in college, I think I went to incest survivor groups, so much therapy. So I've worked through a lot of this stuff. Thank God. I think pretty much all of it like ad nauseum, but I wanted to be a good parent. I wanted to keep growing and staying in my victimhood was definitely not a way that I wanted to live. I'm sure a lot of you have been through divorce or maybe your parents or someone you know, but it's one of the most traumatic times, I think, of my entire life, and I didn't do that well. My coping skills were very small. I, I had no, really no friends. I wasn't allowed to. If I had friends, I got accused of being a lesbian. I, could, of course, couldn't have male friends. It was a, a destructive, emotionally neglectful, abusive situation. So I was very sheltered, overworked. I just was completely you know, not even a doormat. I had to go to therapy for two years just to to prove to myself that I wasn't the problem and crazy. I went in thinking I was, in fact, and my therapist said right away she saw I was in denial and saw I was an extreme codependent, had no self-esteem. So I worked really hard for a couple of years to try and get enough of that to just leave and eject. Um, but what happens is the world doesn't care. The world doesn't stop. The world isn't going to get better for me if I decide that because of all these hardships, I get a free pass. And I want to live a certain quality of life. I don't like being miserable. So I work really hard, did a lot of reading, a lot of spiritual growth, um, reached out to mentors. And my sponsor in AA became my best friend. And it happened pretty quickly too. So I went through a DUI. I had a dark time. Never in my life had I been a drinker, wanted alcohol. I didn't like how I felt on alcohol. Well, wine, red wine was a socially acceptable coping tool. And that's all I had. So once or twice a week, I would binge on alcohol and it lasted for a year or two. Didn't end so well for me. Uh, Lost everything. And that's, it's a well, now that Uber exists, I don't think people, I don't know what the drunk driving rates are, but I'm sure they've gone down. Anyway, not proud of these moments. Um, 
definitely the dark times, but we rise from ashes if we're strong enough. And I did. So my mentor became my best friend and she is a dean of psychotherapy at a local university. And she mirrored me, mentored and said, you are off the charts smart. You need to be, you know, stay close to me. So she really saved my life and she helped me find out who I really am. I'm an adult, a happy person, an inspiring person. She helped me see my strengths and that's now what I help other people do. I studied it. I became certified. My Yale and Harvard teachers were brilliant um, in the field and I'm so grateful. So I think the key is to getting real with who you are. Once I then, however you get real with who you are, for me, it was tearing down my whole world and being left with my character, my strengths, and my vulnerability, and being able to connect with someone lovingly, which was my best friend and my mentor. And in AA, I don't go to AA anymore. It was a situational alcoholism I found out from numerous PhDs. I went to a ton of them and for counseling and they were like, we don't get addiction with you. That was situational. But nonetheless, for about six months to a year, I would go to two, three, four meetings a day, 5 a.m. wake up. So I was very dedicated and I was committed to finding out what is this? What is this life all about? How do I find the goodness and tap into that? Because that's really who I am. Never been a violent person, a mean person. It's just, I've had this childlike sweetness, but it's hurt me so much that I kept putting up these walls and um, that's not good for anyone to have walls, but it's not easy to stay vulnerable either. So when you get real, forgetting real with yourself is, well, in AA, you admit your defects. You write them all down. Like what? I think I had 12 pages, everything I'd ever done, admit them to someone else. I mean, that's hardcore stuff. That's stripping yourself down with so much humility. And it's all done with love and acceptance because your sponsor's been through it before. I think everybody would be great to go through AA. I would love it if my kids could sit in the walls of AA and hear people tell their stories, but they don't get upset about it. They're just humorous. They make light of themselves. They all laugh at each other. And it's really amazing. So much can be learned through other people. And I hadn't been exposed to a lot of people. Really grateful for that experience. Really, it was life shifting in such a good way, but the worst experience. So you get real with who you are. And I think the key is now with social media, with the internet, you can find out your strengths really quickly and build on those. And being of service to others was really important. I think that's a key component in AA and recovery. But it's also a key component for getting out of your own self. In studies, it shows if you're absorbed with yourself, helping someone else gets you out of your own depression really fast. Um, being there for someone who's unhappy, who needs help, a beautiful therapeutic tool. So I, I encourage my kids to do that. Be of service. Reach out to someone else if you're stuck in your own small world and your perspective's getting really narrow. So that's a big one for me. So as far as bringing this around to fitness and goals and achievement, a lot of people will state their setbacks. These are my problems. These are what I have to work with and it's not enough and I can't do it. And the fact of it is, 
I was such an emotional eater because it's always been my best friend, my coping tool. It's something that I could do in, in private. It's it's a numbing mechanism. It stuffs down feelings. And if I was over to a come, I was unable to control food. So if I'm able to overcome all that stuff and somehow sublimate or channel my impulses to find a place of humility and substitutes, I know anyone can. So when someone says, I can't do it, I know that with my help or with support, finding strengths with the right information about nutrition, about the right information about exercising, or just having someone need a friend, a trainer becomes a friend or a, um, I'm a life coach. So Life coaching is really not cut rate therapy, but it's a broader science and it's connecting and we all need to be heard and felt and not everyone in our lives is capable of hearing our problems or hearing when we want, need to feel vulnerable and most people aren't able to handle that. They're carrying around their own problems. So luckily my mentor is that person. So she's my best friend now. So I'll call her, you know, when things get really bad and I'll just need to be heard for about two minutes and I might cry and then she'll laugh and say, you are so wonderful or whatever it might be. Honestly and authentically, she'll say that to me. And that's all we really need sometimes. But with all the tools that we have these days, we can overcome and modify our habits, modify our, modify our thinking, create new mindsets, and really make shifts in our lives. There's so much available right now if you connect with the right people, with the right information, and with the right guidance to stay with the positive. Our brains show that we flourish. We have more behavioral repertoires. We have more at our fingertips and more creativity when we stay in the positive and focus on our strengths. I'm not perfect. I have to remind myself sometimes, no, you're going to the negative, Julie. And I realign myself. So I'm going to finish this off here with just saying, these were my struggles. I wonder what yours are, but know that you can overcome them, that there's tools, methods, and people that can make it so that you can achieve what you want to achieve, take responsibility for everything you've done so far, and then move forward. And that's a beautiful thing because when you do that, your successes become all your own and you can own them. Have a great day.